everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Everybody. So this is a little bit of a weird insert. So this is actually Evie from the future. I've already recorded this whole episode and I'm just about to kind of post it and send it out into the world. And I'm just adding this little extra bit. Um, I'm just popping it in there for a weird reason. Um, sorry, <laughs> this is really, really random. But I happen to be listening to a podcast, a different podcast recently. Um, I am a writer. I listen to heaps and heaps of podcasts about writing. And something that the podcast host said, just struck me so hard and I just kind of wanted to I don't know share it with you guys because it really hit me um so this podcast host said on their show that they feel like it is an absolute privilege to be a podcaster and to know that you have an audience who listens to your show and that audience they listen to you speaking into their ears in their very very precious downtime So you guys who are listening to this show, you know, you are choosing to listen to me waffle on at you guys in your ears, (laughs) you know, in your very precious downtime, you know, maybe you're going for a walk, taking the dog for a walk, maybe you're commuting or driving, maybe you're listening very sneakily in the office, um, you know, to get your mind off boring work. This is what I do all the time when I'm in the office. Um, But anyway, the point is, and I do have a point, (laughs) I swear, the point is, thank you for choosing to listen to my show. Um, It is an absolute privilege that you guys would spend your precious time hearing me (laughs) waffle on non-professionally about K-drama and shows, um, and I really appreciate it. It kind of astounds me when I think about it, um, particularly the idea that so many people who love K-dramas and are passionate about them in the same way that I am from all across the world. Like, you guys have no idea if I look at my listening stats, I don't think there's a single country on there (laughs) um, that, that... you know, hasn't listened to this show. It's K-drama love is so widespread across the whole world. And I don't know, it makes me really, really happy. So I agree. I think I feel very, very privileged to be able to share my love of K-dramas with you guys. So thank you so much for spending your precious time listening to me waffle on. Um, I'm going to go now with this really weird little uh, entry segment. Um, And the show is just going to start like normal. But because the other part of the show is already um, recorded, 
it's kind of like I'm going to say hello to you twice in a row. It's going to be weird, but we're just going to we're going to go with it. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to leave now. Thanks for listening to this weird intro and we'll get on with the show right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of my K-Drama podcast. And this, <laughs> this is where things get kind of weird. Uh, this is a K-Drama podcast, it is, um, but this is part of my new series, my new series of episodes, um, which will basically be one in 10 episodes. Um, and this new segment is called, what the fuck? That isn't a Korean drama. Why are you talking about it on your K-Drama podcast? Um, very catchy title, don't you think, <laughs> for my new segment? <laughs> All right. So look, this is left field. I know this is a K-drama podcast. And basically, since I started watching K-dramas all those many years ago, I did branch out a little bit um, every now and then into other dramas from other countries, but, you know, other Asian dramas, but mainly... I've been very, very committed to K-dramas and K-dramas only. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with me becoming more and more interested in, you know, Korean history and Korean language study, um, which I'm still very, very bad at. (laughs) Um, And that really kind of made me kind of streamline and only watch K-dramas. And then um, I was still branching out every now and then watching some Chinese dramas and Taiwanese dramas. Uh, But when I started this podcast, and I think I've I've been doing this podcast for about two years or something, which is, that sounds insane, but I think that's correct. Um, I really streamlined. I only watched K-dramas because I needed enough content (laughs) to keep continuing this podcast. Um, But, you know, I started a Patreon and since then I've had so many suggestions um, from lovely, lovely listeners about other dramas um, from other Asian countries that sound really, really amazing. Um, And so, you know, I don't know, I just got really interested, I suppose. People were telling me about these wonderful, wonderful shows and I was like, oh, you know, I'll give it a go. And I gave it a go. And here we are in my new segment of my podcast. Um, So if you're a K-drama purist, I totally understand. I also was for many, many years. Um, You can skip this episode if you want. But also, let me tell you, this show that I'm going to be talking about is fucking good. It is so good. If you are a K-drama fan that doesn't like branching out, I don't know. I think you should branch out. This show is really, really good. (laughs) All right. So today I am talking about um, a drama from Taiwan. It's only 13 episodes. So again, very good idea to branch out. It's not very long. Uh, And this show is called Someday or One Day. It came out at the very end of 2019 and ran into 2020. So it's a pretty newer kind of drama just within the last couple of years. Um, So this one's interesting for me. Uh, It kind of first came across my radar a couple of years ago, which so I guess maybe just after it had aired, really, um, because I was thinking about it. I remember getting an email ages ago from a listener of this podcast, um, and I really hope I'm remembering right, but I'm pretty sure it was Arlene. Um, so hello, Arlene, if you're still listening there. Um, and Arlene said that I had to watch this show um, someday or one day, and it always stuck in my mind but I kind of never really got around to it. And then more recently on Patreon, um, I particularly was kind of thinking about branching out to other dramas and I was sort of asking for recommendations of, you know, really good non-Korean dramas to give a try to. And Liliana, um, 
kind of suggested this one as, you know, a must watch. And actually so many lovely listeners on Patreon have really highly, highly recommended this drama to me um, quite a lot, actually, lately and, you know, over the last year or so. So um, because it was only 13 episodes, uh, I decided to give it a go. And what can I say? This drama is fucking amazing. Um, Someday or One Day is such an emotional, beautiful, oh, like it just made my heart ache for days after finishing it, but not necessarily, you know, in a heart ripping kind of way, but more in this like, like reaffirming the beauty of life. And there's some bitterness in there and sadness, but sweetness as well. And this drama got under my skin it is beautiful like so beautiful um it also has this song (laughs) Uh, so it opens with you know drama credits or whatever and there's this song called um someday or one day by an artist called shishi which i'm pretty sure means thank you in chinese but i'm not positive um and this song is just the most beautiful thing ever and every time I hear it and I have to say I've been listening to it on repeat while I'm like working away at my day job in the office um every time I hear this song it makes me think about this drama and it makes me feel what this drama made me feel uh and that was really interesting so I'm sort of getting off track here already but like whatever uh let's just go with it um it's really interesting because that feeling that this song gives me every time I listen to it now um that kind of transports me back into the exact way you know the emotions of this drama and I think every drama fan has probably had this experience when you watch a show and you love it and then there's a song in it um I know a lot of people are fans of like OSTs from dramas um I pick out quite a few and have like a little k-drama playlist or whatever um and I know so many other listeners have this experience of you revisit those songs from a drama it might be you know, a week or a month or a year or multiple years after you watched it, something that you loved and you listen to this song and you're just back there feeling those emotions all over again. And the reason I'm saying all this crap is because that's kind of like a theme in this drama, which I think is really, really interesting. Not just a theme, I guess I should say it's the the crux of it. Like it's the seed that creates the story and the conflict. Um, So I'm going to read out just to start and then I'll get on with things properly and talk about all the normal stuff. Um, But I just wanted to start with a quote um, that is said during the drama uh, that kind of suits this idea around the song, around memory, around reflection and bringing yourself back to kind of nostalgic emotions, um, whether it's a drama or something else. So this is a quote from Someday or One Day, the Taiwanese drama from 2019. Have you ever had that feeling before? When you hear a certain song, you'll feel like that song is a time machine. You'll unconsciously go back to certain memories in the past while following the melody. Maybe it's a smile that was left in your heart unknowingly, or maybe someone who slips into your dreams unconsciously, or maybe it was a hug you remember very clearly, accidentally, just like this song. It reminds me of a person that has been living in my heart since a long time ago. I really love this quote and I feel so much of the dialogue in Someday or One Day kind of struck me as beautiful and thoughtful and made me think quite a lot about 
the different things that it's saying. And I think about life in all its bitterness and its sweetness, which for me, you know, this drama is about love at the center of it, but it's also about a lot more than that too. Oh, so as you can tell, my overall feelings for this drama is that it's fucking great. I absolutely adored it. Um, so like I said, it's from Taiwan to Taiwanese drama. It's only 13 episodes. Each episode is about, I think like an just over an hour, like an hour and 10 minutes or something like that. Um, and I don't want to like spoil anything, but you know, basically stop listening and go and watch it. If you like romance, um, time travel and like solid time travel at that. Um, and I don't know, just a really gentle, thoughtful reflection on life and living and love and a really smart plot that's written so incredibly well. Like this, this show could have had, you know, it has time travel in it. And I think anything with time travel has, you know, it runs the, the kind of, um, worry of, having major plot holes because <laughs> time travel is hard to write. Um, but I think this show is really, really solid. I could never quite, you know, it's a mystery in a lot of ways. You go in and you're like, what is happening? How is this happening? I don't understand how all these pieces fit together. It's a beautiful watch, but you really can't understand it. But everything comes together so incredibly that you're like, it makes sense. It feels good. That's solid. It's very, very satisfying. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the casting, um, but as this is a Taiwanese drama and I am less familiar with not only Taiwanese actors and actresses, but also Taiwanese names, I'm just going to butcher the fuck out of this. I'm going to try my best, but I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty sure that all these leads are, you know, quite well known and in a lot of different dramas. Um, but again, unfamiliar to me because I'm, you know, I just don't know much about Taiwanese dramas or Chinese dramas as opposed to, you know, K-dramas. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, so the main character in this drama, the female lead, is played by an actress called Alice Ke. Uh, the male lead is played by an actor called Greg Su, and the kind of second male lead, but has a major sort of role um, in the drama, is played by an actor called Patrick Shi. Uh, and then there's also some other people in this. I really, really liked all the actors in this drama. I thought they were extremely good, and I thought their performances were amazing. I think the female lead has to play two different roles and she does so in such an incredible way like honestly it was hard to understand that they're the same person she holds her body differently her facial expressions are differently but um are different but I think for me it's the way that she walks and moves is so different that she looked like a completely different person it was so well done um and then the male lead um this actor is so warm and charming and likable and I think just such a good choice for a role like this Um, in this, you know, this sweeping romance. Like there's so much warmth to his character and I think that that, I think you really need that because there's a lot of sadness in this drama too because it is about, um, in a large part, grief and loss. Um, so yeah, I, gosh, I loved it. So I always end this little opening section with a, you know, should you watch this drama? Um, I really, really think you should, uh, you know, and I know so many people told me that I should, <laughs> and then I didn't for many years. 
<laughs> but I have to say, I'm so, so glad that I took the plunge and gave this one a go. I think it is beautiful and moving and I really keep thinking about it. Like, I feel like it just got into my heart. It really got inside my heart and it gave me a lot to think about. And the romance in it is, I think, kind of portrayed in a way that I haven't seen before in this very touching like there was this real life element in terms of maybe like long-term couples and like long-term romance and deep, deep love that I feel is a little bit more unusual in dramas just because, you know, so much fun of a drama is watching a couple fall in love and get together. Well, this drama is, is very different in the places that it takes our main couple. And I think that's a really, really interesting look at love when it's you know quite a few years old um and what that feels like you know living with somebody and loving them and what romance can look like after you know six years or something um in these really small beautiful quiet ways that felt so authentically real to I think a real life healthy couple that was just very very beautiful and like I said it just felt a little bit unique, um, like taking a fated lover's sweeping love story, but kind of just looking at it from a slightly different angle. So yeah, I thought this was really beautiful. I think you should definitely, definitely watch it. Um, I think particularly if you like romance, you should watch this drama. I think if you like um, time travel, you know, those kind of like time travel kind of, you know, fantasy romance dramas, I think this is worth your time. Um, just in case you are planning to go and watch it because you listen to my spiel and just say you haven't seen it already. Um, I will just warn that personally for myself, I found the first two episodes a little bit slow. I found the first two episodes a bit harder to get through. But from episode three, I think, you know, if you're not hooked, Episode three is where I got hooked. I got hooked in such a major way that I was just in love. Um, so yeah, I reckon if you haven't watched it, turn this podcast off. I feel like I shouldn't be telling people not to listen to my show. <laughs> but seriously, don't listen to this. Go and watch the drama and then come back and listen to this. And I'll do my best to, I don't know, pay homage to this very, very beautiful drama. All right, I'm going to move on and tell you guys a little bit about the story of Someday or One Day, the Taiwanese drama from 2019. Okay, so I'm going to try and tell you guys a little bit about the setup. Um, of someday or one day and we'll see how this goes. It is a very twisty and turdy drama um, but I'm just going to kind of talk about the start I think at this point. Alright so we have our female lead um, played by Alice Kett. So this character's name is and again I really apologize my pronunciation is awful but I'm going to try my best. So this main character's name our female lead is Huang Yu Zhuan. So Huang Yu Zhuan is uh, you know, she's kind of working in an office. Um, she lives in a big city. She is, I think, she, I can't remember how old she is, just like in her very late 20s or something like that. I think she's about to turn 30 or 29. I can't really remember. Whatever. 
uh, and she is living in this little apartment and going to work. And we realize very quickly that, you know, it's been two years since her boyfriend has passed away. He died in a plane crash. And at the first, we don't really fully know, but little by little, as the drama progresses, we get flashbacks to their relationship and, you know, what happened and why he got on this plane. And they were almost kind of breaking up to the point where she'd gotten a career opportunity overseas in China in Shanghai, I think. And so she's decided to go and she's kind of like, maybe we need to go on a break while this happens. And he is absolutely not wanting to let her go and is trying to, you know, follow her over, follows her over in a plane that crashes and he dies. Um, and she, I, I just thought, so this is one thing that I really, really liked about the first two episodes. Um, like I said earlier, I do think they're a little bit slow and there was elements in these first two episodes that it took a little while to hook me, I think. And realistically, I think the main part of the story just like kicks off from episode three. And that's when, you know, that's when the real, like, I guess the, the time travel and all these different elements come into the story and the mystery. And this is when you start wondering what's going on. But the start for me it was interesting because it was parts about it that are so beautifully done, um, which was mainly all around Huang Yuzhan's grief. You know, this has been two years. This is the point where everyone's like, you know, you, you got to keep going. You got to be present with your friends. You've got to just live a normal life. You can't be grieving all the time. And yet, she is. She is completely not okay. And at this point around her birthday, she really begins to unravel. And I thought the way the drama portrays her grief was, it was so intensely sad. It was so sad. Like it really, really, really hurt my heart. Um, but it was also done in this very understated beautiful way as we're watching this woman try her hardest to live, to keep going, to, you know, be social with friends and do things they want her to do and pretend to be happy and, and smile and talk to clients and do well at her work. But you feel like there's this part of her that is just utterly not coping but also that there's this isolation around that you know her friends want to help her but at the same time you know how much can they listen to her talking about this you know it's something that she's in by herself and I really think that's true I think grief is one of the most isolating experiences that there is because no one can truly understand what you're going through. Even if they've gone through something similar, it's always different and everyone reacts to loss in different ways. So it really, really hurt my heart watching this woman just trying so hard, but really, really not coping with this grief after two years. You know, we see her come home to her apartment and you know, these memories and these dreams that she has of her boyfriend who's dead. So her boyfriend is played by Greg Hsu and her boyfriend's name is Wang 
Wang Wat, <laughs> Wang Quan Cheng, uh, and he is, you know, just this really smiling, like megawatt smile dude, very, very charming, really warm and lovely. And we keep getting these like little memory flashbacks to their relationship you know, around the the apartment and, you know, all these different conversations they had. And he's, I don't know, he's just such a sweetheart. And the vibes they have is this very lived in sort of couple vibe, this very long term relationship thing where he's, you know, he'll poke her a bit and annoy her, but there's so much love to the way that they interact with each other. And one of the things that broke my heart the most was seeing Huang Yuzhuan text him she texts him all the time and of course he never answers because he's gone you know and for some reason even though he died in a plane crash his phone has just never been turned off and so she just keeps texting him and she texts him all these things like I dreamed of you last night and then we see her you know it's her birthday and we see her make a wish and her wish is that you know and her birthday is very special because he always promised he'd be there on her birthdays. He always buys her a cake and they have like a lot of beautiful memories around him being there for her, I suppose, as she gets older and older. Um, and this time, you know, he's not there. But there's these moments that are so heartbreaking where she'll close her eyes and make a wish. And the wish, of course, the one that you keep secret is the one that you most want to come true. And the wish will be, you know, I want to see you again I need to see you and she'll open her eyes and there'll be this part of her that constantly believes that maybe just maybe he will appear in front of her and of course he's never there and it's like heartbreak all over again and I do wonder like it must be so much harder for Huang Yuzhan because her boyfriend died the way that he did in this way that, you know, it's only after two years that his family finally decides to give up and hold a funeral for him. You know, there's always this element of because they never found the plane or the body, maybe, just maybe, there's this element of hope. And it's in a lot of ways destroying her this hope is what's killing her we really see this because she goes on this mission which again I don't know if I loved this mission that she goes on to kind of prove that he was cheating on her and stuff which of course backfires and she just proves that actually he was organizing a big special engagement and was going to ask her to marry him which is you know hurts her all over again but I did think it was an interesting idea of you know she's unraveling so much in part because of this hope that he might still be there and she really says you know the problem the problem with how she feels and she can't let this grief go she can't let him go is because even though he's dead she's still in love with him like it's a real thing it's an ongoing love to her even though he's not there to receive it anymore so I think there's this part of her that's almost desperate to turn him into a bad man so that she can fall out of love with him and live her life because she's so crippled by her love for this man who's no longer there so all this stuff was very heartbreaking but like I said there's some slowness at the start which maybe I'll talk about a bit later um, but basically we trundle along with Huang Yuzhuan as she's dealing with these things and she has two friends at work who are absolutely bonkers <laughs> they're total total madness these two um and really strange I thought tonally to have um these very like almost caricatures of you know just sort of like 
crazy, whatever, I don't know, like quirky kind of characters alongside this really quiet and nuanced look at a woman's grief, which was so moving. And then you'll pop over to these two work mates being crazy. But anyway, none of that really mattered. Um, for all sorts of weird circumstances, um, Huang Yuzhuan ends up going to like, I don't know, a, a pet psychic um, and this pet psychic says some stuff um, that kind of leads her to, I don't know, go somewhere. I can't even remember what the fuck happened. She gets on a bus. Who knows? But anyway, someone sends her a package. Oh, she starts to believe that she's seeing her boyfriend too. I might add like out of the corner of her eye or, you know, like walking past and he's kind of like got a stick and he's limping and stuff. And so she starts... She starts super unraveling at this point. She's realized he was going to ask her to marry him. She's found the engagement ring and she believes she's seeing him. So she can't really cope. Um, she gets sent this little package and this package has a Walkman in it for anyone old enough to remember Walkmans. <laughs> I used to have a Walkman um, and then I had a Discman and now I have my phone. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this Walkman she gets, she like pulls it out of her, you know, out of this package and she's on this bus and she's traveling home, I think after his funeral. Um, so this is the point where she's really meant to let him go, you know, and she's been kind of offered another overseas job opportunity and told by her boss to basically stop sabotaging herself out of guilt because she feels if she'd never tried to leave and go to Shanghai, he wouldn't have died. Um, so it's at this point where it's really, I think she's got to decide what to do, like to let go or not, but she can't let go. So she starts listening to this little Walkman and this super, like, I don't know, just like a, an older retro, I think like a 90s song comes on, like a 90s um, Chinese pop song and she's listening to it. Um, and as she's listening to it, it's like, it starts skipping beats and then she wakes up and it's the 90s. And so this is the point where I have to say there is kind of like another thread that goes through those first two episodes that I just could not fucking get my head around. <laughs> Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. But basically we get, you know, Huang Yuzhuan in the, in the present with these, you know, dealing with her grief. And then we get these little flashbacks to two years earlier with her boyfriend, Wang Quan Sheng and you know all these lovely moments of them together and being so sweet and like moving in together and stuff and then we also see this other flashback which looks super retro but it's like high school and it's teens and basically we see Huang Yuzhuan with a very different haircut acting very, very differently. You know, in the present day, she's a very confident, beautiful woman. Um, and in this kind of flashback to this teen girl, she's very like, she, her whole body curls in on herself, like to make herself as small as possible. She can barely look anyone in the eye. She can barely speak. Um, and she's working in like a little I want to say a tape shop where they sell tapes, like a record store. There's records as well, presumably. And she's listening to the same pop song. And these two boys come in and, you know, one of them is clearly into her and the other one's sort of clearly trying to facilitate it. But the one who's into this girl in the shop is way too shy to do anything about it. So the other one's a lot more confident. He's a lot more loud and smiley and sweet. And it looks like Wang Quan Shen. So your immediate, the first thing that you think is, oh, this is a flashback to our two, you know, 
our main female lead and her dead boyfriend to when they met in high school. But then you're looking at it and you're like, but it's super retro. Like it's quite retro. How old are these people? Like, I don't quite understand how this, this timeline works. And then, you know, this super confident boy who has, you know, it is played by the same guy who's playing Wang Kuang Shen. Oh my gosh, so hard for me to say. Sorry, guys, I'm doing my best. Um, you know, he, he kind of asks her like, oh, so what's your name? And so our main character in high school form, Huang Yuzhuan, looks up and she says her name is Chen Yunru. So a different name, a different person, a different life. We don't know. So as viewers, there's kind of like this concurrent, like different storylines going and you're like, what is going on? Like, I just don't understand how this works. It's, it's set in the 90s, but she's, you know, only what, 20, I don't know how old she is, 27, 28, 29 or something in, you know, kind of more the present day in 2019 or whatever it is. And it's just really confusing. Um, and so then what happens is we kind of follow along with these teens. So they're this trio and the trio of course is played. So Chen, Chen Yun Ru is this, you know, young high school girl who's super socially awkward and shy and just cannot relate to people. Um, but is obviously, you get the impression this is a lonely girl. It's not that she doesn't want to have friends. It's that she's not really capable of connecting with people through fear or through what we don't really know. And then we have these two high school boys. Um, so we have, um, again, played by the male lead, Greg Su. We have Li Shi Wei. Um, and then we have this kind of second male lead, I suppose, played by the actor Patrick Chi, and his name is Mo Jun Ji. I think this is going to be really hard for me to explain with all the different names. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. Hopefully you guys can follow and it makes sense what I say. So anyway, these two boys come in and, you know, uh, Mo Jun Ji is totally into this very quiet Chen Yun Ru. Um, and he, he clearly wants to hit on her as she's working this little record shop in the 90s in her high school uniform. And, you know, these boys that go to her high school as well. And he just kind of he's so awkward and embarrassed, but he's a very, very sweet guy and he just doesn't really know what to do. So he's much more like loud mouthed, confident best friend. Li Xi Wei is sort of doing the talking. And unfortunately, of course, because he's the one doing the talking, even though as far as he can see, he's doing it on behalf of his best friend to kind of draw this girl into their friendship group and kind of make her part of their like little squad or whatever <laughs> um, to try and, you know, give his best friend Mo Junji an opportunity to forge a connection with her, maybe actually talk to her and stuff. Um, but of course, because Li Ji Wei is, you know, he's got this megawatt smile. He's just so warm. He's so friendly. He's just so like, there's something very like almost in your face, but charming and nice and natural about him. So of course, you know, this very quiet young girl, Chen Yun Ru falls in love with him. And we kind of see this, this progress throughout these first two episodes where eventually like it becomes kind of clear to both boys where her affections are lying but at the same time she's so happy to be friends with both of them but she's very very much so wanting to be more than friends with Li Ji Wei. Li Ji Wei is 
utterly uninterested <laughs> in every way and very awkward because he's sort of only slowly beginning to realize that, you know, his plan to sort of bring her into the fold for his best friend has really backfired. And now there's this slight level of awkwardness between him and Mo Junji. Um, so, you know, I think it's her birthday, Chen Yun Ru's birthday or some shit. And they go to the record shop and they, I don't know, they bring her cake, they do something, who knows. And instead of Mo Junji taking her home, which I presume was the plan she asks that you know this kind of megawatt smile boy leisure way takes her home on his little scooter bike thing motorbike whatever um so he's very awkward about it but mo junji sort of just walks off and is like yeah no that's fine totally don't worry about it man do it and he kind of pretends to go home but really he follows them on his scooter like a little little stalker man <laughs> which backfires later let me tell you but anyway <laughs> um so li jiwei and ten yun ru are you know going home to her house on the scooter and when they get there she basically confesses to him and she says you know i really like you and he's just like he shuts her down um he's pretty like this is just not you know this isn't what i i want no thank you but thank you very much <laughs> um and then he drives off and she goes inside and she is you know she's devastated and also she has a lot of issues at home in her life like she's she's not connecting with her schoolmates but also with her family um and she you know she's got this brother and this mother and like they just she can't I guess she feels, I think she feels invisible. She think she feels overlooked, underappreciated. She feels like she exists in the world, but does she really? I suppose she feels like there are no ripple effects from her existence. And that realistically, if she wasn't there, no one would notice. So she's going through a lot of sort of personal deep heartache over herself and how she is and she gets into a huge fight because I think I don't know I think her parents are breaking up or whatever and her dad and mom are trying to get her to decide who to go with and she she just feels like neither of them want her um, but both of them want the brother her brother who's a total little shit by the way but I quite enjoyed all of that um, so she runs out of the house and she runs off down the road and a car is coming towards she's really distressed and a car comes towards her and as far as we see at this point like it looks like she gets hit by a car so that's the first two episodes of the drama and the third episode opens with our main character from the present day you know Korea woman Huang Yuzhuan who has been on this bus she listened to this little bloody tape on a walkman with this old pop song and it started skipping beats and she falls asleep or is sucked into this song or you know whatever and when she wakes up she's lying in a hospital bed and sitting next to her is her dead boyfriend so immediately she wakes up, she bursts into tears, she, you know, grabs him and hugs him and cries and calls this boy Wang Quan Sheng. Well, man, he's a man at this point. So Wang Quan Sheng, she's like, oh, oh you know, Wang Quan Sheng, oh, I missed you, boo-hoo, I thought you were dead or whatever. And then she kind of looks a little bit closer and this, this person next to her who has Wang Quan Sheng, her dead boyfriend's face, is wearing a high school boy uniform. And he's telling her in a very awkward way where he's really trying to kind of get her off him a little bit. Uh, he's very awkward about the whole thing. And he basically, you know, says, well, actually, <laughs> I'm not sure what's wrong with you, but that's not what my name is. My name is Li Xiwei. So this is the point where we realize that our main character, Huang Yuxuan, has gone back in time 
to the 90s and has popped inside this other person's body, so Tenyon Ru's body. So this was fascinating to me because I really, I thought there was something connected between everyone and I didn't realize that these people living in the 90s with this little like, you know, this high school sort of romance and coming of age stuff that was going on. They're not different versions of our main characters. They're just literally different people living different lives, born in different timelines. Yes, two of them share the exact same face. <laughs> um, and I was fascinated. So Huang Yuzhan wakes up and everyone is around her. She's got a big bandage on her head and they're like, so we think you've got concussion. And she's like, oh, you know, Chen Yongru isn't my name. My name is, you know, Huang Yuzhan and I'm however years, you know, 30 years old or whatever and have a big high-flying job in the city. And they're all like... No, that's not true. <laughs> so it's really interesting. And the thing that I loved most about this is that Huang Yuzhuan has elements of Chen Yunru's memories. So she has gone inside Chen Yunru's body and she has been able to soak up, you know, not total specifics, but a lot of elements of memories and kind of, I guess, lived experience and stuff. So she's not completely like in the dark that she doesn't know who everyone is or what's going on. And because of this, the most fascinating thing happened that I just thought was the most wonderful time travel twist is that when everyone tells Huang Yuzhuan that, you know, she had a concussion and she's clearly not remembering well. And when she says, you know, well, actually, you know, my name is Huang Yuzhan and I'm from the future. Everyone's like, yeah, okay. So you had, you had a weird dream. And so she begins to believe that all of that's true. She thinks that she got hit by a car, that her brain got scrambled, that her name is indeed Chen Yunru and that she lives in this, you know, this little town and she lives, she goes to school with these two boys and she believes that she's somebody else, but she still has this deep, deep memory of this dream that she had where her name was Huang Yuzhan and she had this boyfriend who had Li Jiwei's face who died and she still has inside her like I guess just like the memory of this deep grief and this deep deep love for this person this person's face and yet the boy in front of her, Li Jiwei, like he's only what? He's like 18. So he's a complete and utter nong. <laughs> like he's lovely, but he's still a teen, you know, so he's very silly. Um, and I liked this too. I like that she's like, sometimes he's exactly the same as the man she, she loved in this dream that she doesn't even think is real anymore. You know, he'll say things, the same phrases or the same ideas and you know, have, have, I guess, expressions on his face that make her just stop because the memory is so strong and her love for him is so strong. But at the same time, she truly does believe it was a weird dream. She believes she's, you know, got concussion. And she also thinks that sometimes he's a bit of an idiot and they bicker a lot. Um, so she can't kind of I guess, connect these two things together in her mind, particularly because she does feel like it was a dream and she feels like it wasn't real. But the other really fascinating thing that happens is that when Huang Yuzhan Zhuan wakes up in Chen Yunru's body, 
she still is herself, even though now she believes that she's Chen Yonru and that she can't fully remember Chen Yonru's life, but she can't fully remember her other life either. So she's just sort of goes with the flow. And, you know, she goes home to a house, she starts going to school, all this kind of stuff, and just gets integrated into this friendship group with these two boys. But the best thing about it is that she's still Huang Yuzhuan's um personality you know this is still her and so she's suddenly very outspoken very bold confident you know she's much more likely to stick up for herself and tell someone else off if they're doing something wrong so immediately you know she goes home to a house where Chen Yonru had this very bad relationships with her mother and her brother and Huang Yuzhan just walks in there and bloody whips everyone into shape it was just heartwarming and charming to watch her like fix this household to reconnect everyone to remind everybody you know of each other and their family and what they're living for like it was beautiful I loved it and you know she really whips her little brother into shape because he's just a total like (laughs) he's just a little like nom yeah he's no good but he's very funny you know he's just a teen so he's like a little surly grumpy teen all the time and she's just like no (laughs) stop this so I loved it I just loved it and then of course you know she's hanging out with Li Xi Wei and she says to him you know Li Xi Wei I had um I had this really long dream when I was, you know, knocked out. Uh, And in this dream, you were my boyfriend for like five years, 10 years. I can't remember how long they were together, but like a long time. We lived together and I was in love with you and your name was Wang Quan Sheng. And, you know, imagine being a teen boy and having a girl say this to you. You'd be like, wow, this just gives me a lot to think about. So he's immediately very struck by the fact that she's so different to how she was. She, you know, she wears her hair differently. So immediately, like, she just looks different as well. She holds her body differently. She speaks to him differently. She keeps getting his names mixed up and keeps calling him Wang Quan Sheng, you know, which he knows is the name of someone that in her dream she was in love with, even though she keeps telling him like, you know, I don't remember confessing to you before and I'm completely uninterested and she even kicks him if he tries to bring it up. So there's like a real bickering kind of element here. Um, But of course he is he can't help himself you know he's very moved he's very intrigued he's very interested she's literally a different person and she is somebody she's a person that he begins to fall in love with which is very very complicated and meanwhile the second male lead sort of guy the high school boy who's this very sweet softly spoken boy called Mo Junji he he was, you know, so into Chen Yun-ru, he felt like he could see her and he really liked her for who she was. But he's not sure about this new version. Like, he's still really close friends with her, but he feels like she's a completely different person and he's not entirely sure about what this means for his feelings. So it's extremely confusing for this poor boy. And then on top of that, he's seeing he's seeing what's happening with his best friend Li Ziwei, who is very much so forming a connection with this girl and very much so falling in love with her. And it takes a long time for like all these sort of emotions to come out. So we, we basically, at this point in the drama, we just get this long section of like, you know, but kind of like a high school romance, except, you know, Huang Yuzhan is not really meant to be there, but she doesn't remember that. So it's fascinating. 
Um, so I loved it. And then during this point, we also find out that, you know, Huang Yuzhuan or Chen Yunru believes that she's been hit by a car. And everyone eventually tells her that, uh, well, no, that's not actually what happened. We actually found you at an abandoned construction site, um, passed out on the ground unconscious with someone having slammed your head in with a rock. Someone has assaulted you and attacked you. And she starts getting some little flashbacks of a boy wearing the school uniform very grossly attempting to rape her. Like, it's scary shit. And this is another thing I really love about the drama. There is a darkness to the story. Like, death is ever-present. It feels like something that can happen. And it does add... I guess it, it raises the stakes, but it also provides you with consequences or this, this feeling of life being short and fragile and that your choices matter. Um, and I really loved it. I loved... I guess I just, I, I kind of liked the darkness and I felt like the darkness added to the light. You know, it made you appreciate the beauty and the small moments and the sweetness more because you know that Wang Quan Cheng dies in the future and you know that someone tried to murder Chen Yunru in this construction site and it really makes you think about things, life and this story in a very different kind of way. So I really, really liked it. So um, basically, from this point on, things in the drama are just incredible. They're so interesting. Um, Huang Yuzhuan eventually manages to, you know, head back to her normal self and wake up. And she's so shocked, you know, so shocked. And eventually, uh, well, yeah, okay. So from then, she kind of skips back and forth between, you know, these two lives. She realizes that she is Huang Yuzhuan, that it wasn't a dream, and that when she goes back, she's inside this other girl's body. Um, and she realizes, full spoilers here, obviously, um, she realizes that Chen Yunru, this quiet high school girl whose body she's been inhabiting, actually does die, get murdered uh, in a few months from in that, in that timeline in the 90s. Um, and then it just goes all over the place um, with kind of, oh, I don't know, like you get to see multiple different timelines and multiple different times that this couple falls in love, which just blew my mind. Like it absolutely blows my mind because what we've got is Huang Yuzhan from the future going back into the 90s. She meets Li Ziwei and Li Ziwei falls in love with her. And then we see this skip forward where all this mad shit happens with Li Jiwei, where he ends up in the body of somebody else, Wang Quan Sheng, of course. And he goes on this absolute mission to get into the same university that he knows that Huang Yuzhuan is in. And so he goes on this like year long mission, years of studying and doing all this stuff and organizing his life so he can go and, you know, start uni with her. And when he gets there, we get to watch another love story, which is a university like college love story where he's already in love with her but he's got to make her fall in love with him which you know if you've been desperately waiting for someone and putting so much you know adoration and love on them for years but they have no fucking idea who you are it's, it's pretty awkward so it's amazing there was just so many multiple layers to this show it was just beautiful um so i guess that's set up that's a whole bunch of just stuff thrown at you but Oh, I loved it. It's so cool. All right, so I'm going to go into some specific stuff that I loved um, and then we'll go from there. 
So stuff that I loved about Someday or One Day, the Taiwanese drama from 2019. So the first thing I've got on my list is the actors. I, I just thought the casting was really, really good. I thought they were both... Oh, I loved following them in this and I thought they were just suited their role so well. I think the actress, Alice Kerr, she was just like playing two different roles and differentiating them enough. So at one point in the drama, there is this plot point where you think that Huang Yuzhuan has gone back in time and is inside Chen Yunru and she's not. Spoiler alert, she's actually not. She's been kept in this weird, creepy house somewhere. So like basically I felt like inside Chen Yun-ru's like heart or mind in this little like locked box basically. Fascinating stuff. But anyway, so what we actually have is Chen Yun-ru free, free for the first time since her life has changed. And we begin to realize that Chen Yun-ru all this time has been a passenger in her own life, which is supremely disturbingly creepy. Um, but what we get is Chen Yun-ru pretending to be Huang Yuzhuan because she loves Li Jiwei and she wants Li Jiwei to continue loving her and she knows that it is actually Huang Yuzhuan that he loves, not herself, Chen Yanru, the original quiet girl. So for a long time in the drama after this switch occurs, the drama doesn't tell us that it's happened. But as a viewer, you can tell very, very quickly that something is off. So it's still Huang Yuzhuan, but she's different. She's acting strange. She's slightly different to how she used to be or what we're used to seeing. So of course, what we get is Alice Key or Alice Kerr, I don't know how to pronounce, um, pretending or acting. She's not, well, I guess acting is pretending. <laughs> anyway, so we have the actress Alice Kerr acting as Ten Yun Ru, the character, and the character is pretending to act as Huang Yuzhan. And as a viewer, you get it. You actually get what's going on. Like, how bonkers is that? She was so good. Um, I thought she played the two different roles amazingly and differentiated them in a way that you could pick up on all these minuscule cues to understand that this big switcheroo had happened. It was so good. Um, same for the, the male lead, Greg Su. Um, he was just, like I said, warm, charming, so natural feeling. Um, I, and I just... I don't know, it just worked so well with this kind of relationship that the drama explores between these main characters and particularly in the flashbacks. I think so many movies and shows and stuff that have like, say, you know, a sad thing where one of the main characters or, you know, like someone has lost a partner, they've lost someone they love. And then you get a lot of flashbacks to try and, you know, flesh out this character that is gone so you can understand the depth of despair of the character that remains. And so often I think, you know, they try and make it like overly romantic or like just too like kind of smushy romantic or something like that or like cheesy. And I think that this actor had a lot to do with all these really sweet scenes, like flashbacks between this couple of just their daily lives together and just these moments, you know, they wake up together and look at each other in the morning or just he's so you felt so natural that everything just had this grounded feeling where you felt like he was a real man like really was not you know some overly romantic kind of stereotype like he felt like a very lived in person and I loved that because I think you know really the main character Huang Yuzhuan her 
grief and her loss is what drives so much of this show. And you really feel like it's what drives her to fall into this song, however it works, and go back to the 90s. Like, it's because she loves him and she is drawn to to him, like, constantly drawn back to him. So I do feel like, yeah, it works because you love both of them so well, uh, so much. So, well, why not? <laughs> so I've written, uh, I did, it's weird. I loved the grief stuff and the heartbreak. Like, I don't know if I loved it because it hurt when you're watching it, but I thought the portrayal of it and the examination of it was, it felt so authentic and real and moving. Every time I think of this drama, the first word that comes to mind is emotional. Like I felt a lot while I watched this show. So like I was saying, uh, I really loved the lived in feel of the romance, like this long term romance. I loved all these really quiet scenes between them in the house, like these domestic scenes. And I just felt like, yeah, it just felt so real. And then you feel the loss, you know, you feel her loss, Huang Yuzhuan's loss of her boyfriend so much more because you feel that... Uh, they were just so normal on an everyday level, I suppose. And I think there's so much beauty in that when it comes to romance. And I think romance sometimes on screen is portrayed always in this very sweeping sort of, you know, a thousand roses and a rooftop proposal kind of way and less of just the domestic day to day and what romance looks like once you've settled into something very long and very deep. And I thought the portrayal of that was just beautiful. Um, I loved seeing this couple fall in love multiple times with different conflicts introduced each time, you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, why do I watch romance dramas? You know, uh, so many romance dramas that you watch, like particularly the very, you know, say straightforward sort of classic trope romances, you know, they do feature a lot of the same framework and the same tropes over and over and over again, but just, you know, different actors and a slightly different plot and different emotions, but it is you know, sometimes you can be at the start of a romance drama and you're like, okay, so I can totally see what every major story beat that's going to happen in the show is, but I still want to watch it, even though I've watched a show very similar to this one. And I feel like that's because there is a joy, like such a, a huge joy for me in in watching people fall in love and watching romantic entanglements like it never gets old I can watch this stuff over and over again um, which is why you know I do love those kind of classic tropey romance dramas so much and I think what this drama someday or one day gives us is basically that but like in three parts <laughs> or four parts like you know we get to see Huang Yuzhuan in, you know, the current present timeline, having flashbacks of her very domestically quiet, beautiful romance with Li Xiwei, which is so moving. And then we get to see her go back in time into the body of Chen Yanru, not really know for sure if it's him or not, and yet him falling in love with her and her trying very hard to sort of tell herself it's not the same man. Eventually, she realizes it is, but there's this connection between them. So we get to see another whole love story from scratch with all these different complications included into it, um, but with the same couple. And then we get to see, you know, Huang Yuzhuan as, you know, kind of a flashback to how she originally meets Wang uh, Sheng. So this is uh, when she first starts it. She's, I don't know, she's 
been at uni for like a year or two years, I don't really know. And then, you know, Wang Quan Shen turns up and it's obviously, you know, it's the same boy from the 90s who's come forward to find her. So we get to see them fall in love all over again. But this time, you know, it's a different dynamic because he knows who she is. He's already in love with her and he has to try his best desperately to get her to notice him and like him and fall in love with him. So yeah, it was like, you know, three or four romances in one. It was so good. And then obviously we see Huang Yuxuan in the future meet up with an older Wang Ku Wang Quancheng again in the future. I hope any of that made sense. All these names I'm just like throwing at you. But what I'm trying to say is it was great. And I loved I loved to see so many different romances between the same couple in one drama. Like that is that's pretty unique. I loved it. Um so now I've just said, you know, the emotion and the romance is literally like, oh, it's the heart of the show. It just gives me such an ache in my heart. Not a bad ache, but just an ache because it moved me. It was so good. Um, so I've already mentioned it, but the opening song, Someday or One Day by Shishi is like fucking top notch. <laughs> I listened to it like 10 times on repeat when I was writing notes for this episode. <laughs> Oh, it's it's just such a beautiful song. Um, so I guess I wanted to say, well, like one thing that I absolutely loved is the time travel itself and the story. I think it was such a unique take on a time travel story. It was something that I hadn't really seen before in the way that it's portrayed. And not only the way that it's portrayed, but it, it does get very, very complicated. Like there are a lot of moving pieces in this story and a lot of different parts and different stories happening in different timelines that could have realistically been told in any order that the writer chose to do so, you know, because it's basically a big circle, you know, but they've chosen to portray this story beginning with Huang Yuzhuan in the present and her grief and heartache, and then going back to the beginning and then filling out the middle. Um, and I just felt that for such a complicated, twisty story, there were so many ways this could have gone wrong, and yet it didn't. It's so solid and satisfying. And I couldn't really see any holds in the time travel logic, which I think is very unusual for a time travel anything, because usually you walk out of watching something like that and you're like hang on couldn't this have just done this and then none of that would have happened or whatever so yeah I really really liked it it felt really solid and it made sense to me so yeah very satisfying um oh there was just a scene I really liked um you know in the beginning when um Huang Yuzhan is sort of grieving her loss and there's this scene where she you know it's her birthday or I think it's her birthday that day and she gets in this elevator and she's going up to the top floor to meet some clients. So she's got all this pressure on her to, you know, go have this meeting with these clients, even though she's feeling just so down and so sad. And then she's alone in the elevator. And as she goes up on each floor, you know, the doors open as she sees, you know, him, um, her boyfriend, uh, Wang Quanxing holding a cake in these different dark rooms so you don't see anything in the room it's just pitch black with like him with lights or little parties and you know there's a different number on the cake for each year as she gets older and you know him promising he'd always be there and I just thought it was such a surreal and dreamlike and beautiful way to kind of give us a visual representation of this loss of hers that I thought was really clever and beautiful and sad really sad um so I've just written like I absolutely adored when um Huang 
Huang Yuzhuan, sorry, these names, Huang Yuzhuan, so hard for me, I should have practiced more, <laughs> sorry. Um, so I absolutely adored when Huang Yuzhuan uh, first turns up in the past and forgets herself and then we just get this like whole bickering romance between her and Li Xi Wei. Um, I just loved it. It was such a unexpected thing to happen and dynamic and I just loved seeing her like clean up Chen Yunru's life and solve all these problems and forge all these connections and you know fall in love and have Li Xi Wei fall in love with her. Like the scene where he sort of realizes that he's in love with her um, you know, this, they're in the rain and all three of the main characters are like running, you know, I think out of the record shop in this pouring with rain and he just stops and stares at her and she's ahead, you know, kind of frolicking around or whatever. And just the look on his face as he begins to realize. And there's so many moments like that that was super swoony, like when they're, um, I think they have to clean some bloody school auditorium or something. And she comes and sits next to him at the piano and he's just like st- staring at her and like the look on this man's face like oh swoon swoon it was so good um and I just love for her like it's so complicated like she's so moved by him because it's the same face the same mannerisms expressions you know it's it feels like it's him but she can't understand how it could be him so there's this conflict of her trying to hold back and I just loved that as well like just the complicated nature of this experience was so good um, I also, one scene that I thought was so funny, it really made me giggle and I thought was really kind of clever and thoughtful, kind of oh, just a weird idea to introduce to the show, I suppose, is, um, Huang Yuzhuan, when she eventually goes back to the future after her first sort of sojourn as a sojourn, sojourn? journey as a teenager in the 90s so she goes back to her real life and then she realizes you know that this Li Xi Wei really does have Wang Quan Sheng's face and I think she finds like a diary from the past that has his name in it so she's like it is him it's him so she she manages to go back to the past and she, she wakes up, you know, in, in Chen Yunru's body again. And she's so excited. And she's got a school uniform and she's like running through the quad and like running to the stairs. And she can see he's on the roof. And the music is like so sweeping and romantic. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a reunion. Like they're going to get together. Like what's, it's so romantic. And she like tears up the stairs and she shouts his name. And then when she gets closer to him, she realizes that <laughs> Li Shi Wei, who, you know, is an 18 year old boy, is like hanging over the top of the, the school building. And he's staring down at all the girls running on a, like, you know, doing sports in the oval or whatever. And he's like, he like talking about their breasts and it's just like the music stops and it's pure silence. And then she starts like screaming at him. And she kicks him or whatever. <laughs> so funny to me and I think it's funny on like a funny level because it's this big sweeping romantic moment and then you know he's just being such an idiotic young boy but at the same time it introduces this idea that even if it is you know Huang Yuzhuan's great dead love Wang Quan Sheng it's still him as a teenage boy and she's a lot older and more mature and she's met him when he was a lot older and more mature and this is him you know in his original teen boy form and he's still him but there's a there's a complication there and how can they connect you know how can they relate to each other like now that she truly knows that she's a lot older and she's had all this life experience that he hasn't and yes she loves him 
but he's not exactly who he's going to be yet. Really, through falling in love with her here in the 90s is what allows him to become the person that he is when he meets her, you know, so much more thoughtful and caring and you know like one of the things she always mentions is when he turns up at uni and starts you know hitting on her he just he was so I don't know sensitive and thoughtful about about her and about what she needed and about backing off when she needed and quietly being at her side all the time was you know the lung the young Li Xiwei as a teen you know he's just a big loudmouth and he's charming as hell but he doesn't have this like kind of that level of, I want to say maturity yet. And I thought, you know, it's such a funny moment, this thing where he's like talking about boobs on the rooftop and it brings you crashing down to earth of like, this is all very romantic and all, but what does this really mean? Like, you know, to go back in time and meet your partner who you have a big sweeping love with, but when they're so young and they don't know you and they haven't really matured yet. And I just thought that was, again, a fascinating conflict to introduce into the show and all these, I don't know, just difficulties in, you know, you feel like these two are fated. You feel like they are meant to be together, but it's, there's so many different interesting difficulties in their way. So I loved that. I thought it was really funny, but also a funny moment that, kind of deepens out, makes you think about things quite a lot. Um, so I think I kind of mentioned before that I really, really enjoyed the darkness lurking at the edges of this story. So I feel like so much of the story feels, you know, there's all these mournful elements with the grief and the loss, but then so much of it feels charming and beautiful, like this gorgeous romantic story like the college romance section or the you know the high school romance section it feels so beautiful and almost shiny but then there's these moments with this darkness lurking at the edges like Chen Yun-ru gets murdered how we don't know but someone did try and which is so fucking gross tried to rape her like and then they might still be around they might be watching her we also learn later in the drama, you know, during the kind of the college section that, you know, this is Wang Quan Sheng at this point. He's at, you know, university and he's trying to hit on Huang Yushan and get her to love him. Um, and of course, he is Li Ziwei from the past who's come forward in time. And he, you know, he gets really upset and he's talking about the fact that, you know, he had a best friend and his best friend killed himself. And this is the point where you realize, is that Mo Junji's fate? And at this point, we don't know, is he the killer? Is he not the killer? How could he be the killer? This very sweet, softly spoken, sensitive young man who loves her. Like, sure, he might be jealous that his best friend is sort of winning in this battle for her affections. But we also understand that he's not sure if he loves her anymore because Chen Yun-ru is so different to this very quiet girl that he originally loved. So you really don't believe he could have done it. And the ache and the sadness around this inevitableness of the idea that when you go back to the high school version and you look at this sweet boy and you're like, is that what your fate is? Like however long he was in prison, 10 years, 15 years in prison, and then you get out and your grandma dies and you kill yourself. Like, So the darkness is just lurking in the background of all the sweetness. And it, it does just it makes you think about or nervous I suppose it feels like this little menace hanging in the background of what is otherwise at times a very sweet 
cute, beautiful, romantic, positive drama. And it was a really interesting mix of tones, I suppose. And I think it actually adds like a deeper belly to a story. You know, it stops things from ever being too surface because we're not only introduced to the sweetness, but we also experience the bitterness as well. And this menace and I guess the potential for death is just feels ever present in this drama. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I think it adds to the drama. Um, so one thing I love too was seeing the characters grow and change. Like this is a story that in a lot of ways takes place across decades. Um, and particularly not so much for Huang, uh, what, what's it? Huang Yuzhan, our female lead, who, you know, mainly she's in the present and she goes back in time. But for Li Ji Wei, he, he lives through years and years. He lives through the most, you know, he meets her when he's very young and then he changes dramatically before he meets her again. And then he tra changes dramatically again before he meets her, you know, in the present day. And I really liked it. I liked his transformation. I liked seeing him so different each time with his level of maturity. So it really felt like, you know, a growth journey for him that I thought was really good. Another moment that I thought was really fun and just like one of those added complications that this drama is so good at was when uh, Li Jiwei finally, you know, catches back up to Huang Yuzhuan at college and, you know, he's pretending to be Wang Quansheng at this point. And so she has no idea who he is. And he's like, yes, I'm so excited to see her again. Like he's just over the moon. And then the second he meets her, he realizes he has no fucking idea how to get this woman to like him. And there's so much resting on it and he doesn't know how to do it. So he hits like he comes on way too strong and she's basically like oi fuck off I've got a boyfriend and this poor man's face <laughs> when he realizes that she has a boyfriend like it's just clearly never even crossed his mind he has no fucking idea what to do he's so upset and I just thought that was so so funny um and I, I just love that whole thing with him you know, trying to be near her all the time. And there was quite a few very swoony scenes and stuff that he says to her kind of like to move her heart during this whole period was beautiful after they get off on a very wrong foot. This was amazing. Uh, what else? Um, oh, so uh, talking about the creepy stuff. <laughs> so the creepy boy. So there's a high school student who is a creepy creep who may or may not be the one who tried to, you know, attack and rape Chen Yun-ru. And we see him again, um, played by the same actor in the present day. And he is Huang Yushan's, I don't know, therapist, psychologist, something. Um, and he's, he's so normal and nice in the present day. And then you go back to his high school version. And I was just like, bleh, this actor, bleh. But you see him in the future and you're like, oh no, he's, he's a normal dude. He's fine. He's normal. He looks normal. So this guy did an amazing job to the point where I never want to ever see him as a romantic lead in my life because I hate him so much. He's so creepy. Poor fellow. Um, I'm sure he's not creepy in real life, but I don't know. He was pretty good at playing creepy in this. So basically, the whole twist with the serial killer guy is unbelievably fascinating to the point where you think that 
you think it's this particular dude and you think that it's his younger brother who has grown up to be the psychologist or whatever in the future. And then you realize that the future psychologist boy, whose older brother at this point is, you know, he's been in, you know, a hospital his whole life because he hears voices that tell him to kill. Um, So this present day kind of therapist, psychologist guy goes back in time into his older brother's body, meets his younger self, and then grooms himself to become like a creepy psycho killer. And I was just like, this is the most disturbing, creepy thing. Like it was such a twist on what I thought was just going to be, oh, there's just, you know, there's just a crazy dude and he wants to kill her or whatever. It was very disturbing and very well done. And again, with the darkness and how much they lean into the darkness. Oh my gosh. Um, and then... Another thing that I found as a bit of a twist was when Huang Yuzhuan goes back into the past and we think she has, but in fact, she gets stuck inside of Chen Yunru in like this weird little heart room, which is like a little white tent in the middle of like space, basically, with all these scenes of what's actually going on, like what Chen Yunru is saying and doing, just playing like on projectors. It's like enough to make you go insane. And the interesting thing is this is the point in the drama when you begin to think of Chen Yunru as a real character, as a girl with real emotions and feelings, and you begin to get see things from her point of view. And when you think of her sitting in this little tent room for all those weeks and months that Huang Yuzhuan was like running around inside her body and having a great time and making Li Xiwei fall in love with her and forging all these friendships at school and then, you know, getting her family to you know, reconnecting all the broken relationships in her family and all this stuff. And you think about the fact that Chen Yun-ru, who's, that's her life. It's hers. It belongs to her. And yet she's relegated to sitting in this little place and just seeing it all play out in front of her. She has no control. And on top of that, Huang Yuzhuan is doing a better job of living Chen Yun-ru's life than Chen Yun-ru was ever capable of doing. And we realize when we catch up with her that it has completely destroyed this little girl. Like it is fucked up. And this is the point when I realized, when I realized how deeply destroyed this experience has kind of made Chen Yun-ru, like she wasn't okay before, but she's much worse now, like so much worse. Um, And kind of when I realized this, I, I started to understand that I thought this drama was about romance and fated lovers. Like I thought the reason that Huang Yuzhuan is snapping back into the past and Wang Kuanxian is snapping into the future was because these two were made to be together, but they were born in the wrong timelines and they can't, like they couldn't have found each other otherwise. And then I'm realizing, I think the point of all of this time travel And yes, I do feel like love is a point of it and love is what has led these two to each other. But I feel like the point of it is to save Chen Yun-ru. It is to save a young girl's life. We think she's going to get murdered and we slowly realize actually she's going to kill herself because she's so unhappy. And this stuff just killed me. It was so distressing seeing how broken this girl was. And I've just got a little quote from the drama here that I wanted to read, which is something that she sort of writes at the beginning of the drama. And when you catch back up with Chen Yun-ru, you realize 
how much worse things are for her after seeing how successful Huang Huang whatever was Huang Yu Xuan sorry was at living her life. So this is what she wrote in her little book. This is what Chen Yun Ru wrote. Sometimes I think I am the universe's dimmest star, fighting to shine, wanting someone to discover my tiny existence. But in the end, waiting is falling. In the moment of plummeting to death, I know there's no one in the world who remembers me. It is the fucking saddest thing ever. And seeing seeing what Huang Yuzhuan, you know, and not through her own fault, she didn't ask to go back, but, you know, she goes back, she gets this second chance to spend time with Li Xiwei and solve this mystery and she didn't really think about Chen Yunru and all of that or wonder where she was. And nor do we as viewers, you know, we don't care. Who cares? We just want to see what's going on. We're invested in Huang Yuzhuan as our heroine. And it was a very interesting twist to realize how, not through her fault, but how destructive her actions have been on this little, you know, Chen Yunru, this young, this young girl. So I just thought that was really, really fascinating and I I thought it was also an interesting idea because bear with me (laughs) it kind of reminds me of the end of Mr. Queen so you know Mr. Queen if you've watched it the k-drama is about a modern day chef who hops inside you know a Joseon woman's body and then ends up marrying a king and blah 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 but in the end you know at the end of that drama I'll keep this super vague so it's not a super spoiler so don't worry but you know sort of at the end of that drama it's a big comedy and it's great I love it but you know the chef kind of hops out of the body and we never really and I, I guess we never really I guess I feel like I'm trying not to give spoilers now because I'm like, I can't spoil the end of Mr. Queen on this podcast. Sorry, I should just back away from this analogy. But maybe if you've seen it, you can start seeing what I'm getting at, which is in this drama, you know, once Huang Yuzhuan leaves and Chen Yunru is left in her life, like, yes, her life is better. Yes, she's forged new relationships. Yes, Li Jiwei is now in love with her. But she's no longer Huang Yuzhuan. She's back to being herself. She can pretend to be more outgoing and bold and confident, but that's not who she is. That's not her natural inclination. That is her putting on an act. That is her trying to be different to make people still like her now that Huang Yuzhuan is gone. And that just felt like the saddest thing in the world to me. And it felt like a very dark twist on like what the the end of Mr. Queen is, which is Mr. Queen's obviously, you know, looked at this situation in a very different way and run with it in a different direction. And I just thought it was a very fascinating way of looking at it in this drama, which to me felt much more authentic in like, why would Chen Yunru be so happy? that someone else forged relationships for her. Like, why would she be happy? You know, why? Of course, it would make her feel inadequate and small and inconsequential and that everyone wishes that she would disappear and Huang Yuzhuan would come back. You know, it, it just really, really got to me, all this stuff. I really thought it was very clever and I liked it a lot. Um, all right, so now I'm just going to talk a bit about some very minuscule things that I didn't love, and then the end, and then you know, I'll leave I'll leave your ears alone.
Alrighty, so stuff that I didn't love quite as much about Someday or One Day. Um, definitely for me, the first two episodes, um, I I didn't really connect with the drama until episode three. And that's when everything clicked for me. And then from then on, I was just in love, like completely in love. Um, but the start for me felt slow, even though I loved all the grief stuff, it was actually very heavy and very sad. So I found it a little bit difficult to wade through because it, it was so impactive, but there wasn't, I couldn't really see where it was going. So I didn't have something to hope for in terms of like some sort of happiness as well. So it felt very, very heavy, that section for me. But then tonally, it felt really odd because we would flip over and have these like mad co-workers. Um, she has a female best friend who I didn't love at the start, like, but then when the female best friend is still her best friend in college, I totally loved her in that section of the drama. So this is um, a friend called Kanbu, um, played by an actress called Barry Cole. I'm not sure how to pronounce. Um, and yeah, I just, I felt like her and the IT guy at the start of the drama just felt tonally so strange to the, the much more kind of considered and thoughtful kind of storytelling that I felt all the other characters sort of had and, and thoughtful, realistic, authentic characterization that everyone else had. And those two were just very like over the top quirkiness. Nothing wrong with that. It just felt kind of strange to me in a drama that felt so quiet in other ways. And then, um, but in saying that, I think it was just when they were together, because when you got the, the best friend, who's the girl, the female best friend, you know, back in the college section of the drama, I thought she was totally charming and a great addition to the story at that point. Um, and I think, yeah, anyway, it doesn't really matter, but the first two episodes for me were a bit slower. Um, uh, what else? What else? Um, I've written here, the co-workers were a lot. They were a lot. They were fine. It didn't really matter. It's like literally two episodes and then that's it. Um, so there was one thing that I felt that I didn't love and it was like, I think it was the only open loop at the end of the drama. I felt like every other loop felt very satisfyingly tied off. And this one, it wasn't that it was a, like a plot hole by any means. Like it makes sense, but it was just something that made me feel sad. Um, so we see, so Li Zhi Wei, uh, you know, he's born whenever he's born who knows when he was born <laughs> whatever anyway he's 18 years old in the 90s he's the high school boy so we see that he lives his life after Huang Yuzhuan disappears Chen Yanru gets murdered and his best friend Mo Junji gets arrested for the crime of murder and put in jail for 10 years 20 years whatever who knows so Li Jiwei has a hard time of it and obviously it matures him. And then many, many years later, he drives to see Mo Junji. Pretty sure he doesn't manage to see him or some shit. I can't remember. And he's driving back from the prison and he gets into a car accident. And then he wakes up, I think in a hospital, potentially, in the body of Wang Quan Sheng, who is a boy who was born later in the timeline. So, he, so Li Jiwei has now skipped forward, I think, or something, who knows, but into a younger body or he's in the same, but he's skipped. Anyway, it doesn't matter, complicated, but if you draw it all out, it actually makes sense. Not that I did draw it all out, but it made sense while I was watching this. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that Wang Quan Cheng 
is somebody else in the same way that Chen Yanru is just a whole different girl. Yes, she shares the same face as Huang Yuxuan, but she's a different person. So Wang Quancheng is also a completely different person who now has Li Xiwei inside, you know, his mind, basically. Um, but we do get this flashback to find out who Wang Quancheng was before Li Xiwei took over his body. And it was really sad, like it killed me. So we kind of see this uh, kind of like a little montage of all these different moments. And basically, and again, he's so different. Like Wang Quansheng in his natural form is this very sweet, soft-spoken. He seems very shy, um, which is completely different to Li Jiwei, who's just like megawatt smile in your face, like oozing confidence in a very warm kind of way. Um, but Wang Quansheng is very, very different. He's very sweet. And we see very quickly that he has a major crush on this other boy at school and he kind of you know they're friends and you can tell that Wang Quansheng kind of feels like that there, there could be something there he, he feels like this boy might like him back and then you know we kind of see this um you know montage and then eventually this other boy realizes that Li, uh, Wang Quansheng is interested in him and you know maybe this boy was interested but either way now his friends are involved it's kind of a public thing and he gets very defensive and there's like a fist fight and you know Wang Quancheng kisses him in front of his friends and it feels like a kind of a spite thing and it made, that's what made me think maybe this boy did like him back but in this moment of having to out himself he's too afraid to do it and so he's lashed out at Wang Quansheng instead anyway that's how I was reading it and it's so sad and then we see this scene you know Wang Quansheng is outcasted everyone you know bashed him up and then we see him down at the beach and we see him walk into the waves and there's this, I can't remember if it was written or a voiceover, but basically he says, I hope one day this world will change and that no matter who I like, it won't be strange anymore. This fucking killed me. So I was so sad, but it makes sense. You know, he, in a moment of great distress, Li Ji Wei from the past turns up into his body, right? In the same way that Chen Yun Ru, when she got attacked by this creepy, creepy serial killer boy, she wakes up in hospital, but she's not there anymore. Now it's Huang Yuzhuan. So the exact same thing has happened with Wang Quansheng and Li Ji Wei. Um, so now Li Ji Wei is in Wang Quansheng's body and he sort of takes over Wang Quansheng's life. And my impression of this at the time of watching it was that Wang Quansheng is probably dead not just kept in a little heart box in the way that Chen Yun Ru is, you know, the little projector, little white tent heart box. I felt like Wang Quansheng might have actually drowned and he might be gone. And now Li Xiwei is in his body. And Li Xiwei in Wang Quansheng's body goes to university, falls in love, you know, with his great love, Huang Yuzhuan, and lives together with her for a long time until he dies in the plane crash, um, which he knows too, I might add, that he will die in that plane crash, but he also knows that he has to get on and die because if he doesn't, Huang Yuzhuan will never, through her grief and loss, be dragged into the past to meet him in the first place and it will break the loop, which means they will have never, ever met. So you know at this point that there is free will and he could have walked away and not got on it and not died and lived a happy life, but 
it wouldn't have been because it's if it's a loop you know and they live a happy life why would she then go back to the past and none of this would have happened fascinating time travel stuff anyway my point is <laughs> my I did have a point because this was the stuff that I didn't like so I loved all this stuff um even though it was very very sad I I liked that they gave Wang Quan Sheng a thoughtful if absolutely horrifyingly awful and sad kind of story that at least they made him a character you know I felt like he was a real person before Li Xi Wei took took over his life but the thing that I I felt so upset about at the end of the drama, and I didn't notice straight away, and I was only kind of after thinking, you know, when the drama gets resolved, you know, spoilers, I'll talk about this in a sec, but, you know, the main characters save Chen Yanru from killing herself. They get rid of the tape, which means they unravel the loop, which means nothing that happened in the loop ever actually happened because the tape doesn't exist and no one can go back to the past. So this means that Li Wei won't go forward in time into Wang Quansheng's body and Wang Quansheng still walks into the water and dies. And I just felt so sad about it because all of this was done to save Chen Yanru from killing herself. And I get, like, the drama couldn't and the characters in no way, and even Huang Yuzhuan doesn't even know about it, but there's no way that Li Wei could have organized any way to go and save Wang Quancheng, really. But it just kind of hurt my heart that he still has to drown. It made me really, really sad. Although now I'm thinking about it, maybe if Li Wei retains his memories but does he retain his memories no I don't think he does I was gonna say he could just wait until he's older and he can just go save this dude but I don't think that he can because I don't think he'll remember anyway blah 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 uh all right I'm gonna talk about the end of the drama that's what I'm gonna do um so like I said I thought that the whole thing was about fated lovers and I think that is what draws Huang Yuzhan into the past and I think it is what draws Li Wei into the future like it is this fated to be together fated to meet that's what I feel like is drawing them together but then in the end I realized the whole drama the purpose of it all is to save Chen Yanru and I really liked that I thought that that was a beautiful twist, really, because I couldn't understand how they were going to resolve the romance. It seems so difficult to get these two together. Um, and it almost felt like a twist when you start towards the very end of the drama, thinking of Chen Yanru as a real person, as a real girl who's in real trouble. And you realize that the stakes are so high and that saving her is the right thing to do, even if it means unraveling everything. And for Li Xiwei and Huang Yuchuan, sacrificing their love sacrificing their whole entire story but it's only the right thing to do but I there was a real twist for me because I you know I'm sure every watcher the whole time you're watching this you barely even think about Chen Yun-ru as a real person or or care or wonder what's going on with her and I love that the drama didn't just overlook her to the end and gave her her own story and emotions um so yeah the ending was really really sad obviously you know they all work together they save Chen Yun-ru and then we see you know after that Huang Yuzhuan and Li Xiwei go down to the beach together and you know they realize that this is it the second that Mo Junji who's gone elsewhere burns the little tape 
tape player or the tape or whatever with the pop song that connects them basically that they've undone the loop and if the tape player doesn't exist then Huang Yuzhan Huang Yuzhan cannot listen to it in the future and draw herself back to the past to first meet Li Jiwei and if she never meets Li Jiwei in the past then he will never be drawn into the future and go on a mad mission to get to university to meet her and make her fall in love with him so the loop is ended which means they never even meet and so the moment on the beach is so sad it's so bittersweet and she kind of says to him you know like maybe you know I still believe I can't remember exactly but it's something like you know I still believe that you know please maybe can you remember and come and find me can you please come and find me and that really struck me because then we see them disappear just melt like they just unravel basically and then we cut to the future and Huang Yuzhan is back in her apartment because she's, she's not in the past you know she hasn't gone to the past anymore and she's in her apartment and all around her you know first of all he begins disappearing from the photographs and then things that they bought together start disappearing and every trace of him is gone but then of course she never would have been in that apartment except for him he's the one who sort of found it and pushed them to stay there and created this home together so eventually everything in the apartment's gone and it's just an empty room it just hurt my heart so much it was so sad seeing this beautiful story that we have watched and loved in these characters and their romance just see it all unravel before your eyes and know it, it never existed now and then um the next thing is we kind of see I guess as the credits go Li Jiwei is um you know back in time in the 90s or whatever and we, we hear the voiceover of when he met child version of Huang Yuzhan they spend a day together and hang out and we hear the voiceover of that whole conversation again and he, you know she's on the scooter with him and then eventually I think she's on the scooter with him but whatever and then eventually it's grown up Huang Yuzhan on the scooter with him and it, it makes you feel like oh there's some hope maybe how I don't know like I don't know if that was really them my interpretation of it's it felt like it was a possibility but not so much a definite like flash forward to something that was real because I felt you know there's this huge age difference between them and I'm not sure how that works in that scene if they just found each other again um so <laughs> oh and obviously uh, also at the end you know Mo Junji now doesn't need to get arrested and go to prison and ruin his entire life and kill himself and also Chen Yunru you know I found it really interesting that even though none of it happened there's this seed of something that Huang Yuzhan says to her before Huang Yuzhan goes. And Huang Yuzhan kind of says to Chen Yunru something about, like, I don't think, I don't know what it was, what was it? I reckon I've got it here somewhere. Um, she, uh, so she says to Chen Yunru, maybe wanting to disappear from this world so badly is not because you're too disappointed in this world, but because you have so many expectations for this world. And I thought that was really interesting in the way that some of the stuff that Huang Yuzhan says to Chen Yunru, even though none of it happened and Huang Yuzhan is gone, it's like this tiny little seed that stays in Chen Yunru that she, I don't know, it's like it changes her course, kind of like Inception. <laughs> um, and yeah, it changes her course. And I think it enables her to just 
see the world slightly differently, just this tiny little tilt, like in one direction away from this initial fate of her feeling like she was invisible. And I think it's really, I think I get the impression that her and Mojonji will connect and fall in love and also that Chen Yunru will become on her own accord a very different person. She won't become like Huang Yuzhuan because that is not who she is but I think that she will find her own sense of self and happiness. Um, so it felt like a very hopeful positive ending for Chen Yunru and for Mo Junji but it felt so ambiguous and open-ended for Huang Yuzhuan and Li Ziyi Wait. Um, so I just wanted to before I go, because I am going to go, I promise I am going to finish this and go, but I did, I was thinking about it and I feel like I have a tiny theory because I think one of the last things that Huang Yuzhan says to Li Ziwei, you know, when they're on the beach before they unravel, she's basically asking him to remember her and to come find her. And I was thinking about it because I think the whole thing that drags Huang Yuzhan into the past, it is her love for him. It's her longing and love for him. And when I first heard this, I was like, how can Li Xiwei find her again? He's not going to have this, this longing. But then I was wondering, you know, Huang Yuzhan, it was the longing and love that brought her back into the past. But there was also Chen Yanru in this position of hating herself and being on the verge of disaster that enabled like this body for Huang Yuzhan to come back and inhabit. And they solved it, you know, they fixed Chen Yanru, they've saved her and now it's all unraveled and finished. And it made me wonder, now this, this is just a crazy crackpot fan theory, but it made me wonder if the same thing couldn't happen again, but this time with Wang Quan Cheng, who is, you know, this young boy who walks into the ocean. Like, is that not the exact same thing in a lot of ways as what Chen Yanru was before Huang Yuzhan turns up? And it made me think that maybe, maybe <laughs> in my in my dreams, maybe Li Xiwei's love for Huang Yuzhan, like maybe he can still, maybe there's a part of him, like this seed inside him that still remembers, that still has this longing in the same way that Chen Yanru still remembers the words that Huang Yuzhan says to her and it changes the course of her life. Like maybe Li Jiwei can still have that seed of memory and it does somehow, you know, maybe he just hears that bloody song again, right? the pop song, maybe it draws him into the future and he can pop into Wang Quan Cheng's body and then we can have another big convoluted time travel loop mess where he re-meets with Huang Yuzhan and also together they have to work really hard to save Wang Quan Cheng to stop him from dying and then I don't know, something can happen and everyone can be happy somehow. That's my <laughs> crazy crackpot theory, but it's also just my dreaming hope that these two will meet again. I really don't know, but I'd love it if they did. So yes, that's it for me. I think I said quite a bit, didn't I? Um, quite a bit indeed. So I'm going to go, I'm going to stop talking. Thank you so much for listening um, to my very, very long waffle on the Taiwanese 2019 drama, Someday or One Day. Um, if you've listened to all this and you haven't watched it, I highly suggest you should watch it because 
it would be more fun than just listening to me waffle about this. <laughs> and if you have already watched it, I hope in some way or form that my enormous waffle helped remind you of how you felt while you were watching this very, very beautiful moving drama. I really, really loved it. Um, so yeah, hopefully you enjoyed listening. Thanks so much. me to the very end of this week's episode thank you so very much for listening to me waffle on um, about a non-k-drama this week but certainly a show that is worth your time i loved it so much um, so i really hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode um, i just want to say an enormous thank you to everyone who listens to this show i appreciate your time so so much um, it's so exciting to me to see I don't know, my K-drama podcast stats go up, um, the listens that I get from so many countries across the entire world, the idea that there are that many K-drama lovers spread out everywhere, all of us enjoying these beautiful moving stories, I it excites me so much and I think even if, you know, we can't all talk to each other personally. It feels like a community and to me it feels like this really, really positive thing. All of us engaging passionately and loving these beautiful, beautiful stories. Uh, so I don't know, I love that so much and I guess I just want to thank everyone for spending your time, your precious time on my podcast and my show. Thank you. Um, I also want to, of course, say an enormous shout out and thank you to all those people who've decided to support this show on Patreon. It really, really amazes me. Um, people spending their time and their money on my show to kind of give me the support to keep pushing through when life gets quite busy and um, it's hard to keep up with um, you know things like episodes um, during the work week and stuff like that so um, your support on Patreon it really makes a huge difference to me and it definitely hugely encourages me to make sure that I keep up with this show and keep pushing through just when time gets a little bit tight as it sometimes does in this very busy world that we all live in so thank you all very very much thank you to everyone who listens and a very very special thank you to those um patreon supporters patreon supporters you guys know what i'm saying all right i'm gonna go um thanks for listening and hopefully you'll tune in again next week i've got a very exciting episode for you so i hope you'll enjoy that have a lovely week going forward bye bye everybody